Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's uh, Johnny Maggs from the All Angels podcast here. Um, just want to give a quick uh, shout out to, to Daniel for uh, plugging along with the show. Uh, it's been a rough week, not just for for us as uh, the hosts of the podcast, uh, but just all Angel, Angel Nation with the loss of uh, Tyler Skaggs. If you guys follow us at all on, on Hato Haven and on uh, the All English podcast, uh, you guys know that we had a, a relationship with Tyler Skaggs. We had a a good little uh, relationship there. Tyler was the guy who we reached out to first to take this podcast to another level. And I think he's the one that kind of put us on the map because he was our first real, um, I guess you could say, star major league player that we interviewed. I mean, we had, we've had the the honor of, of doing post game interviews with guys like Matt Shoemaker and Nick Tropiano and things like that, guys like that, and prospects like Joe Adele and, and, and Brandon Marsh. And, but Tyler was a guy who, um, I don't know, he, he took time to, to really talk with us. And Dan and I posted the, the interview. Dan, Dan had a touching intro uh, to the interview that we did with Tyler Skanks. And he posted it up there, I believe, the very next day. Uh, but I, I, I wanted, wanted to record something because I'm, I'm not able to record the podcast. I'm on vacation with family, but I did want to take some time to, to honor the memory of Tyler Skaggs, uh, the way he took the time for us. Uh, Tyler, uh, no matter what you wrote him, DM'd him, he took the time to write back. And I think that says something about a person, especially a person who was in the shoes that he was in. A major league baseball player with everything that he want catered to him. You know, he didn't want to talk to nobody he didn't have to. He didn't want to sign for anybody he doesn't have to. But he took the time to do things like that. And and if you listen to the interview that we did with him this season, and, and the guy we did it in late February, You could tell uh, by his, the conversation that we had that he was a genuine guy. You know, we talked about Lakers basketball and 
Vikings football and his honeymoon with his wife. <clears throat> and then if you follow him on social media, you know that he's a caring individual. You know, this has been a, a rough, um, I would say, year for, for Angels fans, myself as well. Again, if you guys follow the podcast and Hato Haven, you guys know that I was friends with uh, Luis Valbuena. And uh, obviously his passing uh, was devastating to my family. And uh, just to think that you know, a few months later, Tyler would be gone too. But uh, the point that I was getting to was when Luis was here with us, uh, he would give me and my family tickets to any game that we wanted. So we would sit in the family section. And uh, we had the privilege of sitting next to Debbie, Tyler's mom. And from short conversations that we had from her and the interactions we had, we would literally sit right next to her. You knew that they had a special bond there, mom, mom and son. And she lived and died with every pitch. Super nervous. She would always tell us how nervous she would be every time he pitched and every pitch that he threw. She she would be standing pretty much the whole game. And she, the, the, the love that, that she had for her son, and that's, I think, what, I take most from the death of Tyler is that, you know, I was able to see the relationship there between his mom and, and himself and himself and this, the, as a father myself, I can't imagine what Debbie's feeling. It's, it's uh, really hard to comprehend that this happened. Such a young man at the age of 27 who I believe didn't even reach his full potential yet. I think we saw glimpses of what he could do, but he still had time to grow. And baseball aside, a young man lost his life with many years ahead of it. And we might question why, and, and that's hard to deal with. But I don't want to get into religious beliefs or anything, but I do want to say that Instead of dwelling on the why and, and, and how come it had to happen, I think as, as myself and Daniel, and I don't want to speak for Daniel, but myself and as a, I guess, I don't want to say member of the media, but I want to say a, a host of a podcast that reaches a fairly decent amount of you out there, that it's our job almost to kind of remember his memory in a positive way, instead of instead of dwelling on the why and how, and let's let's remember the good times. And for Daniel and I, we were lucky enough to share some pretty good times. A few, I wouldn't say a lot, but I mean, spring training when Daniel reached out to Tyler about getting a ball signed, meeting up with him, he didn't hesitate to say yeah. He gave us his phone number. I mean, really, he gave us his phone number, knowing that at any time we could contact him, but no hesitation. 
I think that says a lot, you know, him taking the time off for us. And I'm sure the little memories that we've had of him personally can't compare the memories that the Angels as a team had with him and his family and his wife. It's important to know that he had an impact on a lot of lives. If he impacted me and Daniel and Chris and Halo Haven, imagine what the impact he had on his family and friends, close personal friends. So with that being said, I just want to say that we're all here. We're all in this together as fans. People may, may think, oh, you guys are just fans. You guys are overreacting. But when you invest your time and energy on watching a team, you almost, I don't want to say live and die with them, but you, you, you're going through the grind of a season in a different way with them. But nonetheless, you're going through it with them, especially if you're a hardcore fan. And I think what's, what we need to take away from this is that Tiger Skies will never be forgotten. So young, yet so impactful in so many lives that we need to remember him in a positive way, remember the good times, remember the, the, the things that he did on and off the field. And let's keep his legacy living forever. In our hearts and in our minds, let's not forget what a great young man this, this, this guy was. Will forever be an angel. And uh, I know that up there in the pearly gates, Luis had a big smile on his face and, and greeted him in. So, with that being said, uh, that's uh, that's the the takeaway that we need to have from this. And um, again, not dwell so much on the negative part of it. I know that it's hard to kind of think, kind of hard. It's hard to to not think that because we have questions. We want to know, like, why him? But without getting too religious, it's just. It's, uh, it's just uh, honor him in the best way that we can and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's really hard to kind of think about it, but it's, uh, it's forever remember Tiger Skaggs. Yeah, like Johnny said, um, this was a really tough week for Angels fans, Angel family all in general. Um, but we're trying to move on now, like the team has the last couple of games, winning those in Texas. So um, we're going to try to have a normal a podcast as we can right now with still um, with still heavy hearts with the whole uh, Tyler Skaggs death. But we are trying to move forward. So with that, um, we are going to have try to have a normal uh, podcast for for you guys. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast.
What is going on, Angel fans? I'm here, Dan Garcia. Um, happy Fourth of July. And Johnny's not here with us. He's out doing a family vacation. But I am lucky enough to be joined um, by someone who served a little bit in the Army. So I figured it was very appropriate to have him on uh, for the 4th of July. And, and that's my brother, Mark Garcia. Hi there. How are you doing? So this is his, uh, I guess if you want to call it a call-up um, from the minors. So we'll see how he does. If he doesn't do very well, we will uh, designate him for assignment later. So we'll see. We'll let you guys email in and... and um, We'll see how if he gets a second opinion. Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. I'll, try, I'll see, see what I can do. <laughs> All right. So before we get started, uh, it's hard to believe football, uh, football is almost back. The NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August 1st, and soon we'll, we'll have regular season NFL and college football. That means it's time to make an account with the best online sports book known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is, extre- is extremely popular. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in the business for years, MyBookie is the place for you. With an easy, no-hassle mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport prop imaginable, MyBookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. Maybe you think Drew Brees and the Saints get get their revenge for the terrible blown call in last year's NFC Championship, or maybe you think Tom Brady and the Patriots will be unbelievable seventh Super Bowl. Why not make money when your predicting when prediction comes true? And if you if you deposit today, my bookie will give you a fifty fifty percent deposit bonus. That's right, you put in a hundred, you'll get fifty bucks. You know a thousand. You know you put in a thousand, you'll get five hundred bucks. It's that easy. Football weekends are the best, but they never more thrilling when everyone touchdown can win you more money. So go to mybookie.ag and sign up today with promo code ANGELS. That's at mybookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Again, that's mybookie, uh, sponsor of the All Angels podcast now for a while. But go in, promo code ANGELS. So um, obviously there's you know a lot of things going on with the Angels right now. But we're gonna like I said before, we're going to try to have a normal as possible podcast so like normal we are going to go with the week in review so last time we talked it was friday before the angels took on uh oakland at angel stadium this game started um Noy ramirez was the opener he went one inning over uh one inning two runs and then felix pena came up behind him five innings pitched three runs so all in all i guess if you want to count the opener and 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 bolt guy uh they went six innings pitch five earned runs 10 k's and over two home runs how do you feel mark normally about the closer or not closer the opening um trend i guess you want to say in in baseball now well how do you mean for the opening trend like how do you how do you feel about teams using openers instead of just going with your traditional starters uh it's a I would say it is different, but it just depends on what team it works for. What there's, it'll work for one team and won't work for another team. I think it just depends who do you have pitching and what kind of what what kind of stuff they have to throw. Right. If they're, I mean, if they're veterans and they can go, you know, six, seven innings, and you know, yeah, you put that. But if you're not, if you got a day where you're not sure of your starter or you're not. Too, too confident, then hey, maybe throw a couple in there, you know, every one, two innings, see what happens. I mean, I, I think it's just more 
experiment wise, I'm not sure if they're gonna. Every team's gonna do it, but yeah, it feels like the Angels have kind of um, made it only to where Felix, Felix Pena is the bolt guy during his starts. Because you have like a Suarez, you have a Haney, you have a, a Jaime. Like those guys seem to be the guys that they get the ball right from the beginning. It seems like they have one guy right now that's going to be that starter or, you know, the opener slash bulk guy. I mean, I technically don't even know what they call the second guy yet. But um, like I said, between those two guys, they gave up uh, five earned runs over six innings. Um, Olsen, it, it, Matt Olson seems to be kind of the – when it's not Chris Davis, it seems like Matt Olson seems to be the killer for the Angels uh, in this game, hitting two home runs and having a total of five RBIs. Um, Albert and Luke Roy, um, one, one RBI each, and the uh, – Oakland ends up winning seven to two. Um, you know, again, y- you hope that you would get a little more better. Um, you got the six innings, which was great for your starting group, I guess you want to call it. But the five earned runs um, is kind of high, and then for a reason, it seemed like the Angels' bats had been um, cooling off for a little bit ever since coming back um, from their St. Louis. Um, trip where they you know couldn't use a dh they caught on fire again against um cincinnati for two games and then the one obviously that played thursday against uh the a's but um you know getting a little bit of a lull um so then we move on to saturday the 29th again this is um unfortunately this was uh tyler skagg's last start um you know so with that in mind, you know, I, I, I don't want to sit here and, and, and talk ill or anything like that, but um, he did go four and a third, two hits, two earned runs, four walks that, that really, really hurt his overall performance because when he was on, he was really on that day. Um, it's just putting guys on base in bad situations kind of hurt. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a, a, an inning where he went, struck out struck out the side and, and you you felt like okay now here he goes here he goes his pitch count was getting kind of up there and, and had 91 pitches got pulled kind of early i thought um but again you know the 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 four walks is kind of what really did him in on on this game but you know uh five strikeouts um angels only able to really muster up th- three hits at all so again the offense for whatever reason decided to um take a little break but matt chapman with a home run um Gave him a three zero lead, and that's you know kind of the the um, the end of it where they weren't able to get anything going angel wise. So again, um, Saturday Athletics win four to zero on what ended up being uh, Tyler Skaggs last start. So moving on again. So now we're going into a Sunday against the Oakland A's again, and um, you know again not <laughs> not much better offensively this this day. They end up losing twelve to three. Andrew Haney went six innings, five earned runs. Um, but it it was kind of weird though too because if if memory serves me right, I'm trying to look it up right now. Haney had five earned runs, but Cam had five runs charged to him, but only one earned runs. Airs really hurt the Angels in this game. Um, leaving guys on, not able to turn double plays that could possibly get them out of innings. Cole had a really bad air in the outfield that hopped over the wall for a ground rule double that could have been the end of the inning. It just seemed like once the eighth inning hit there, Oakland was able to score seven runs, and that was just way too much to overcome because going into the seventh, it was um, it was a 5-2 to two game. You think the way 
the Angels have been playing that they could, you know, kind of muster up some kind of offensive uh, outburst, some kind of offensive um, couple of hits together. Um, but weren't able to, and again, they had eight men left on base. Um, the seven runs in the eighth really kind of uh, hurt them. Six or yeah, six out of the twelve runs. So half of the runs that Oakland scored that day were unearned. So again, defense is definitely making a big a big appearance in this game. So they dropped three of four against Oakland. How do you feel, or how do you see Oakland as a serious contender in the wild card this year? They, they have firepower. They really, you know, I think they're surprising some people now. But I think I think last year was really what I remember from last year. They were coming up, and I believe they 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 fell short. Uh, if I remember right, they fell short of the playoffs last year. Or, yeah, um, yeah. So, but I think this year, you know, Oakland does have someone to. Uh, uh, I think they're they're a team to reckon with coming playoff time for especially for the wild card. I yeah. mean they're they're bats. I know uh, they're they're you know they're, they're I mean they're getting they're gonna get hot. They're gonna start warming up, and I don't really you know unless injuries come into play. But besides that, I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, uh, Oakland seems to be a really uh, team where if you let them get on a roll, it, it's a it's a boulder going downhill, and it's going to be really really hard for any team to stop them, especially with the offensive firepower. So again, that was Sunday, June thirtieth. Um, moving forward, there was a game scheduled for Monday, and as we mentioned earlier, um, Monday afternoon, Tyler Skaggs was found um, unresponsive in his hotel room, and once the proper authorities got there to pronounce them dead at the scene. Um, you know, this shook a lot of people and, and, and I talked a little bit about it when it happened and Johnny took, talked about it before this podcast about how he affected us and how he gave his time to us and how we will forever be grateful and forever remember him as the man that not only the baseball player, but the man that took time out for his fans and took time out for people that, um, he really didn't know, you know, to be quite honest, he, he, he didn't know us from anything before. He didn't know us, um, you know, from just a guy at the grocery store for the most part, but he did a really good job of making every fan feel very, very important to him. And that will definitely be the, the lasting legacy for me, um, with Tyler Skaggs. So, um, with that, the, the Texas Rangers, MLB and the angels had decided to postpone that Monday game, to a game later in the season. I believe they're going to make it up in August sometime, but they had not announced yet as we record this on 4th of July, um, when, um, that exact game will be, if it's going to be on an off day, if it's going to be part of a double header, um, they have not announced that yet. So again, Monday's game was postponed to a later date because of the untimely death of Tyler Skaggs, uh, an angel, a homegrown boy that, that fans really enjoyed watching and, and, he really enjoyed being um, a guy that the fans, you know, could interact with. So with heavy hearts, obviously the Angels decided to move on to um, to play the next game Tuesday, July 2nd. And before the game, um, a class act by the Texas organization. Will you please rise and remove your caps? 
Please join the Texas Rangers, the Los Angeles Angels, and all of Major League Baseball as we observe a moment of silence in honor of Los Angeles Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs. We extend our deepest sympathies and condolences to his wife and his family, as well as to his Angels teammates and the entire Los Angeles Angels family. Tyler passed away yesterday at the age of 27. Thank you. So, yeah, that was pregame um, at the ballpark at Arlington. They still call it the ballpark at Arlington, right? I know you, you were it's, out there. Uh, I believe the Globe Life Park. Oh, yeah. the Globe Life. There it is. Yeah. So, anyways, the staff there was unbelievable. Uh, the players were great. Um, if you did not watch it, I, something that really stuck out to me was that the fact that the players, the Rangers players, didn't have um, their walk-up song. You know, you go to Angel Stadium, you see every every player has some kind of walk-up song, you know, they pick out for themselves. The Texas Rangers players decided not to play their walk-up song as a personal moment of silence for Tyler Skaggs. Um, again, the the whole Ranger organization from the top from the top um, GM, president, down to the guy that does the, the music for for in between innings was a class act. Very minimal music, just a different vibe to it. And, and with the situation surrounding it, you can definitely understand it. But after that, you know, kind of what they said in the pregame or in the pregame press conference, baseball was going to be played. And and uh, Luis Su- uh, Suarez took the mound, four innings, two earned runs, seven strikeouts. Cahill. Um, in after him, kind of fitting into his new role, I guess, as a long relief guy. Uh, he goes two innings, one earned run. Um, so, you know, obviously it's kind of working out for him a little bit there. He has given up, I think, one run in almost every um, appearance. But the fact is that he's able to get in and kind of get out and not be out there for a long period of time, I think, works to his strengths. Um, how do you feel about Cahill's new role as the team's what looks like going to be a long reliever? He looks good. I, I like, like you said, I agree with you. You know, you get him in, get him out. Don't let him get out there and get strained. But, you know, he's. I think he's a solid pitcher for that spot. I think the more he plays, the more he's going to learn. And, you know, and get a bigger role. So I, I like that. I like to move for that. Angels had a big six run in uh, a four run inning in the six. Um, uh, Bohr ended up hitting a which he was put in a weird situation, and we'll get into the injury thing stuff later. But um, Tommy Lestella fouled the ball off his knee, ended up breaking his, uh, ended up being his tibula. Bohr gets in. He absorbs his count, so I believe the count when he walks into the batter's box is is, is a full count, 3-2. And off the bench, cold as can be, um, delivers and gets some runs across the board for the Angels in a game that, you know, I think as a fan, I see them as they needed it to not only help the healing process, but to kind of um, do it for Tyler, have that kind of mentality. Um, but I think the biggest part of this game, the most emotional part of this game, at least for me, was what uh, Cole ended up doing in the eighth inning. Next batter for the Angels will be Cole Calhoun. 
That is drilled out toward right center field. A towering shot. The Shields going back. And that one is gone. A two-run home run. Point up to the heavens for Tyler. The home run for Cole. So, yeah, definitely um, a moment where if you watch the game, as he comes around um, third base, you can see Cole... Uh, trying to hold back tears, trying to hold back all the emotion that you know is just kind of pent up um, inside um, from everything that's been going on, um, you know, obviously the last 24 hours from that point. So um, the Angels ended up going and winning 9-4 um, to four against Texas. So uh, and that bottom the 500. So as normal, when we get to 500, we'll celebrate and pop some bottles. So not only that um, – post-game press conference. I think this might have to be a new thing this year. Every time the Angels win, we get a less. Right now, he'd be saying we're nasty. So there it is. Uh, Upton said it best. Would he? What would Tyler be saying right now? And he'd be saying we're nasty. So that might have to uh, stick around for a little bit. Um, your reactions, Mark, to what you feel the players must be feeling at the time of the game after the sudden death? I mean, I, you know, one, one of those things is just, you know, it's something you don't believe when you first hear it. For me, I, you know, it was hard. Cause, you know, I was out working out of town. You know, I got a call about it. And so you go through social media, and at first you think, oh, someone's playing a joke or something, you know, but then it, just, it gets real. You know, it's got to get real. And those, you know, you really feel for those guys who, you know, because, you know, Tyler Skaggs, you know, I lived in it when I lived in Texas back in 2014, back when, you know, Angels won the West. Back in 2014, you know, I went to all their games against the Rangers. And, you know, Skaggs was always there. He's always, you know, he's always a fan person. He's always, you know, it was hard for him to say no to a fan to sign autographs, stuff like that. And even when I moved to Arizona, went to the spring training games, he was, you know, there again with every fan trying to get as many autographs as he could. You know, it's, and, you know, to see something like that just happen all of a sudden, it just, you know, and the, the, those guys, it's, it's, it's tough for him, but, you know, you'd have to think what would Tyler want, you know, and, you you know, you can't – you mourn, but then you – after mourning, you have to celebrate his life Correct. and what he loved to do, and that's play baseball. So, you, you know, it's – you have to go out there and play the best baseball you can. You know, when you win or lose, you know, you have to because that's what Tyler wanted, you know, so – yeah, it's definitely something that Tyler wanted, and that's something, like I said before, they kind of touched on in the pregame press conference with, um, you had all all the all the big ones. You had the manager, the GM, the president, the owner. Already was there. Already flew in because he felt it was that important of a of a press conference. And and then to the the cameras kind of pan a little bit to the right, and then you just see the wall of players in there listening um, to what they say. And you know, a lot of people have given um, Brad Osmus kind of. Uh, you know, to put a light, like, give him some crap this year because um, he doesn't seem like he's emotional. He's not fiery. He's not. He doesn't care. And I think if you watch that press conference back, or even after this game on the second, you sh- you see that he's a, he does have emotion. He's an emotional guy. Whether or not he decides to show it to certain people is a whole different uh, animal. It, it, he has a face for his public. He has a face for when he's in private with the team. He has a, probably has a different kind of mentality when he's at home with his family. It's just the way the business is, you can't always have your heart on your sleeve, but um, 
for the first time, I think, since he's been Angels manager, you saw all the all the raw emotions come out um, pregame in the press conference and postgame where it wasn't just a normal high-five kind of, yeah, we won. It was very somber, very more like, thank you for being part of my life to the guys. Like You could see like the guys on the team really appreciate each and every one around them because this kind of brings to light nothing's guaranteed tomorrow and you really have to take um, advantage of today and who's around you today because you never know what's going to happen. So now moving on again, now Wednesday, July 3rd, yesterday, um, still in Texas, Jaime Barrea takes the mound, five innings, four hits, two earned runs. He has really seemed to kind of turn a corner. Um, he's doing a lot better his last handful of starts. Um, eight strikeouts, the 87 uh, pitches, it's kind of seemed like where they're holding him at. He's been around 85 this whole season, so it seems like they are kind of set on um, keeping him there. Um, but again, Angels win six to two. But the big bulk of it came from this home run in the third inning. Trout will bat with one out. Trout shoots one out to right center field. That ball's hit well. That ball's headed to the bullpen. Big fly for Mike Trout. A three-run shot. Four nothing Angels. So that got started four zero right there. Um, later on, um, Trout again being a really good friend with Tyler Skaggs. And if you watch the post game interview on the, on the, on the first game back, you, you saw his emotion also. So, you know, this second one definitely had to feel even, even better. And that is pulled down the left field line toward the corner. Gone. Big fly for Mike Trout, a second of the night. Well, there you go. Move over, Troy Gloss. Yes. You have a new friend for RBI night for Trout. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. And Trout again showing Trout doing Trout things. Uh, four RBI game, two home runs. Um, bullpen went four, uh, four innings pitch and didn't give up a single earned run, um, or single run at all. So, again, the Angels win uh, at Texas 6-2. to And, again, it put them over 500. Right now he'd be saying, we're nasty. <laughs> so there you go. Um Angels are playing a little bit later than we're recording. We're recording kind of early just because, you know, we're with family and the whole uh, fireworks thing. So we're trying to get uh, record this before the Angel game starts. Um, but, yeah, so considering the week they had, winning two out of five seems very unimportant right now with the week that they have and the week probably coming up with the services and everything like that. Um, but overall, with how they played the last two days, what do you take out of the Angels and kind of the um, post – um, Tyler Skaggs uh, uh, post his death. I mean, you know, they're, you know, they're, I mean, they're, it's getting done. It's going to be harder as the season goes on, but, you know, it is an unfortunate event, but it happened before All Star break. So you're going to have that All Star break to get everything situated, and you know what? And you have to come back harder the second half of the season. I mean, it's, you know, it's only half the season, and you got to have a heavy heart. But, you know, remember, you, you, they just have to do it for him now. You know, this last half season is kind of – it's going to be a little more push, I believe, with these guys. It's going to be a little more. Yeah, I, I believe, too. I think the All-Star game coming up pretty soon is, is um, 
a great opportunity for those guys to get home and and be around the loved ones that will definitely help the healing process because again these guys are always on the road and, and you, you heard it numerous times in those press conferences these guys are around each other more than they are around their own family so um for the all-star game coming up pretty soon next week these guys can go home be around the loved ones and and definitely help you know, mourn a little more privately because you're not going to have a game every day and, and um, definitely be around the people that matter the most. And that's going to be their families and their loved ones. Um, so that was the week that was now moving on to news. Um, kind of like I was talking about earlier on Tuesday, July 2nd, that first game in Texas, they played Tommy Listella ended up breaking his tibula uh, off a foul ball off right. It was right underneath the knee um, when he first, when it first did it, you knew it was bad just the way he reacted off of it. And normally, not normally, he is a tough guy. He, he's a guy that, um, you know, he'll play injured. But when he went down the way he did and, and wasn't trying to get back up and then they helped him off the field and didn't put any weight on it, and you can tell it was serious. So next day, CT scan out eight to ten weeks, and you hate to see it with the All-Star game coming around the corner. And him being a first-time All-Star um, he still was not sure about whether or not he was going to go because of the situation surrounding everything. Um, in that same game, if it couldn't get worse, Brian Goodwin fouled the ball off his, I believe, or not fouled the ball, he got hit on the wrist, um, and he ended up getting taken out too. He's also on the on the injured list, but uh, no fracture, um, just a really bad bruise, so you could possibly really see him. I'm guessing at the end of the All-Star break, there's a good chance you would see him because no fracture should mean a pretty um, – hopefully speedy recovery so with those two moves made before wednesday's game you got matt dice making his mlb debut and he ended up getting a double on uh july 3rd with his first at bat so again super small sample size but great to see him out there jared parker was the other guy they brought up to take you would think good one spot to be that fourth outfielder um but then also too you know, that same game on, on the second, you had Albert get a foul ball off the top of his foot. He hasn't been back in the lineup yet. Um, then on the third, you had Upton leave the game with some kind of tightness in the quad. And as we record this, he's not on the IL yet, but he's not playing today on the fourth. So, again, something to keep your eye on as a, as a fan to see um, if they give him the weekend off being in Houston or, or what the deal is. But he did tell uh, Brad that he was um, – he was fine. He's going to be fine. So we'll see how that goes as far as that um, IL stint. Uh, all these injuries, you, you you have to, you know, as a fan, is it frustrating? Like, how do you feel when you see all these injuries kind of come one after another? Yeah, I mean, as you see injuries, and they're unfortunate injuries that come, and, you know, you we see nuts. The Angels start off season with injuries, you know. It, it's not – I mean, it's something we're not – you know, something we know about now, I would say. And so it's just it's that next guy up, you know, you're hoping that next guy up come can come up and, you know, play as best as he can, you know. I don't know, I mean I'm not sure but Stella, you know, I barely knew who he was at the beginning of the season and now halfway through it's like right. he, he's you know, all star bent well not anymore, you know, unfortunately. But you know, this one of those you know, you just need one of those more of those guys who are just you know, get your name called up, you need to go out there and give it your all and that's, you know, that's what we need. Yeah, and that's going to show, too, the depth of the 40-man roster and how important that is to get up the guys and hopefully not not lose a beat um, when someone goes down. So that's pretty much the week in review, plus the news. Um, again, Matt Dice is still up with the team, so is Jared Parker. You think those guys are going to be kind of um, 
staying on until the all-star break and then after the all-star break when you might get a um, good win back we'll see how that goes and if see if um thice maybe gets sent down that that is still up in the air so before we go any further, I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deals, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you are getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot makes great deals, a yellow dot means good deals, and a red dot not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout and receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. So we are back. Um, I was lucky enough to talk to uh, a writer for Diamond Digest yesterday. We recorded an interview. Uh, Jared Timms, follow him on Twitter. We end up talking baseball, a lot of prospect talk. So here's that interview. So my next guest on the All Angels podcast is a writer for Diamond Digest, uh, Jared Timms. How are you doing? I'm doing great tonight. You know, just a, a wonderful night, a nice warm, I guess kind of warm night, right? Yeah, I mean, the weather actually was really good. Um, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. We're actually recording this, um, you know, uh, Wednesday night after the Angels game and everything like that. So um, you fall, uh, you following, like, the minor league teams and all that stuff, the big news, I guess, today with some of the roster moves, was uh, Matt Dice making his major league debut. And obviously, he lead off with a double today, super small sample size. But as someone that's been following the minor league system, what, what can you expect from uh, Matt Dice? Uh, you know, I've been watching Dice for a while. He's one of those, for one of the first guys when I really started getting in the minor leagues, that's, that's one of the first guys that the you know, Angels drafted um, that year. And, you know, it was... I, I've really been able to watch him and it, watch him grow into, you know, from being a catcher just to a first baseman to now, you know, he's playing first base and third base and it's been really cool. But, but yeah, you know, he's, he's not going to bring anything really crazy. He's, he's, he's going to be a solid baseball player for the, for this organization going forward. Um, you know, probably, you know, maybe 10 to 15 home runs. He might surprise you and hit maybe 20 home runs a year. Um, we saw him exit tonight prematurely. Um, think that you know he's not fully comfortable at third base but i mean i haven't talked to him about it so i'm, I'm i don't want to speak for him but 
uh, third base may, you know, continue to be a work in progress, but, you know, he's going to be a solid defender at first base when he gets the opportunity there, too. Um, definitely a gap-to-gap hitter, though, if you want to go back to hitting. Um, could probably put up maybe, you know, 20, 30 doubles a year um, if he gets, you know, a full 162 games um, under his belt in the year. So I, I, I really like it. It's, you know, just another guy in the huge line of uh, Billy Epler um, that, you know, is going to continue to uh, come up. So it's, it's a lot of fun right now. Do, do you think him being called up instead of someone like a Taylor Ward who also plays third base um, is any kind of, uh, I don't want to say slight towards towards Ward at all, but um, some hesitation about giving him, because he's had MLB at bats before, last year and a little bit this year. Um, why do you think they made that decision to go with Dice over Ward for a third baseman? You know, I think it, it, it's just, it's his time. You know, you can bring up Ward as many times as you want, but I think eventually you you have to give Thice the, the opportunity up at the big league level. You know, he's he's been playing, Thice has been playing real well down in, down in AAA, and I know it's a hitter's park down there, and he doesn't have a fantastic um, OPS or anything like that compared to, you know, some of the other guys that are, you know, Jarrett Parker, Jose Rojas and such, but but yeah, you, you got to give them an opportunity eventually, and I think the opportunity arose, and they uh, they took it. And I I don't think that, you know, we'll see him leave uh, anytime soon, especially with a Lestella injury. So, yeah, that was something that was interesting to me was to see that Dice got brought up uh, instead of a Ward with more uh, experience, even though it being very slim comparatively, obviously. But uh, something that kind of caught my eye. But that was that was kind of cool to see him get up the bat, his first at bat, and 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 get a double and kind of break the ice that way. Um, I guess you can't really talk about minor league prospects without bringing up uh, Joe Adele. Um, he is currently in, in double-A mobile. Um, had an injury in the beginning of the season in spring training, so he got a late start. Um, first, what do you think his ETA is to, the, to, to Anaheim, and do you think that injury at the beginning of the year pushed that back at all? First off, I mean, what late start? He's 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 killing it. I, I yeah. Just, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, you wouldn't know numbers. otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at his numbers, you'd never know he didn't he missed uh, you know the big chunk of games at the beginning. But uh, but yeah, you know, I I I thought originally it might have you know kind of pushed it back a little bit. But man, with the way he's playing in Double A, I he, it it wouldn't surprise me if we see him eventually you know come up straight from Double A and say, hey, I mean, they might give him Mike Trout type of treatment. Um, um, you know, give him a little taste and see how what it's like, and um, you know, and it, I, it, it's a tough situation, especially with Calhoun and all that. Um, but but yeah, you know, ETA wise, it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw him up, saw him up this year. I, I've been saying next year, but you know, with the way he's swinging it down there, it's 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 hard to keep a hot bat like that. I mean, I know it's the minor leagues and he's facing minor league pitching and all that, but it's hard to keep a guy like that down there. When I you you look and you really think that he can help a team out this year, um, especially I mean, with Upton, I don't know if he's hurt. You know, it's it's a tough situation. Not saying that up, not saying that Adele's going to be coming up right now, but uh, but you know, it, it it wouldn't surprise me at all if you know if Adele goes on or if uh, Upton goes on the DL, then we might see Adele. I doubt it, but you, you never know. You honestly never know with Billy Epler and those guys. They could they could do it. So I, I think he's still. Um, pushing next year for sure, um, giving the at bats down the minors and all that fun stuff. But uh, but yeah, you, you you never know with these guys. They always they, they keep everything quiet, and it's such a it, it's fun to see it. You know, yeah, it's definitely to see this guy 
you know, at such a young age, produced last year with the majority of his year with I, uh, Inland Empire 66ers and now doing pretty much the same thing he did all last year with a, a higher level and, and Mobile. Um, you mentioned the whole maybe him getting brought up, maybe not, but next year, you know, kind of being that sweet spot. Um, with that in mind, if you were, you know, playing GM or if you, you know, were doing that, would that make you feel that uh, Cole is expendable at this upcoming trade deadline? If the offer is right, I mean, it's it's tough, especially with, you know, they're, what, four, three and a half, four games out right now. And not saying that, you know, the Angels are going to make a run at it or anything like that, but if they hang around, it's... It, it's tough to see anybody go, but if the right deal comes along where, you know, Billy says, hey, you know, I think that this can really help the team in the future and in the near future and the, like the almost like the Ian Kinsler trade, though they were kind yeah. of in a different situation. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, I could definitely see him being expendable. It's a tough trade for the fan base and the players just because Cole, you, we know he's so, so loved everywhere, whether it's the fans or players or I mean, Mike Trout, I mean, he's been playing with him the night next to him for, what, five, six, seven yeah, years now? Yeah, for a while now, so, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just one of those things. But you also, I mean, baseball is a business, and it's it's it, that's another one of those things. So, um, yeah, you know, if, if the right trade comes along at the trade deadline and the Angels are sitting five, four, three, even maybe two games out, I think Epler might pull the pull a, you know, pull a string on something like that. So, You know, um, like I said, Joe is obviously kind of head and shoulders above the other prospects in the organization. Um, but it wasn't always like that as far as the Angels having a top guy. You know, Joe's in the top five, I believe, now in MLB Pipeline. But, um, you know, for, for fans that may not remember, but kind of explain what how how this happened and where, where Epler got in, where the minor league system was compared comparative to what it is now. I mean... The minor league system, I, I, I hate bringing, bringing this up and saying it, but it was historically bad. I mean, we're not just talking, you know, the worst that the Angels have ever had or the worst that the AL West. It was, it was one of the worst farm systems of all time. I mean, no offense to anybody that was in that farm system. I mean, I know guys that were in the farm system during that time, and there are still guys that were, that were in the farm system during that time and that are, you know, still working their way up. But it was, it, it was rough, and, um, you know, it, it – you have to justify it a, a little bit um, because you look at what the angels were trying to put on the field at the time. Um, and you had almost like a win now situation. And on paper, they had one of the best teams. They sh- could have probably won a two or three. I mean, if you go back to when Albert signed uh, the, and people were talking like, Oh, you know, the angels are going to win five straight world series now because of how good they're going to be. And, you know, it, it you have to go and make those trades that they did to kind of, you know, it happens to everybody. But, you know, the way that Billy has handled this organization um, since he's joined has been unbelievable. And I mean, it's not just Billy, it's, you know, everybody all the way around, whether it's, you know, Mike Trout or um, Billy or Matt Swanson or, you know, any of the scouts, they've done just an incredible job. I mean, you talk about moving from 30, like the worst farm system, number 30, all the way up to I think they're you know pushing their way into a top 10 farm system right now. It's they almost moved up like 40 spots because of how bad the farm system was. <laughs> it, it, it was just it wasn't it wasn't great and it wasn't going anywhere. And um, 
but you have to justify it. Like I said, they, they were in a win now situation. It just, you know, it didn't work out injuries and everything played a factor in it. So, but yeah, Billy's done an amazing job. Unbelievable job. So now going from, you know, guys that will one day be up with the team to the team now, um, we're past the, you know, if you want to go by the numbers, we're past the halfway point now in the season, even though the all-star break is still, you know, four or five days away. Um, but if you had to kind of summarize the first half of Angels baseball, how would you summarize it? I don't want to say surprising. They're, they're right where I thought they were going to be. Um you know, minus, you know, a couple of things, you know, we, we haven't, I don't, I mean, we haven't brought it up yet. The Skag situation, which is horrible. We never wanted anything like that to ever happen. Right. Um, but I mean, it, you also work on that as motivation as well. You, they've won back to back games and it's just been a huge roller coaster ride with this last, you know, giant drop off into, you know, no man's land. But, but yeah, you know, it's, it's been there. They've played, right where I thought they were going to be. Um, I've said they were going to be an, you know, 84 to 86 win team. And I think that's probably where they finished. You know, if you look at them right now, they're what, one game over 500. You play 500 baseball the rest of the year. You, you're right where I thought they were going to be. So, um, yeah, you know, they, the, the first half has been a roller coaster, right? That, that's exactly how I want to. I mean, it's been, there's been ups, there've been lows, horrible lows. There've been highs, you know, um, Mike Trout being Mike Trout, like always. So, <laughs> you know, surprises with Tommy LaStella. Um, we're seeing the second wave of uh, prospects and, you know, Billy Epler guys come through right now. And it's it's awesome to see the youth, which we haven't. Well, we saw it last year and, you know, we're seeing it now this year. And it's it's just it's awesome to see the youth. And, you know, it's like I said, it, the best way to summarize it, it's been a huge roller coaster ride. I'm, I'm not a roller coaster fan, so I don't know, <laughs> you know what roller coaster it would be, but. It's got to be a crazy roller coaster. Maybe the one that hangs off uh, the edge at in uh, Las Vegas. I think that's probably where we're at. Yeah. Yes, the stratosphere. Yeah. I think that that's that, that summarizes it pretty well. <laughs> you, you you touched on it a little bit about Lestella and you know the unfortunate injury that he suffered uh, yesterday. But you know, kind of before that, um, would he have been your kind of surprise of the year, or would it have been someone like a Fletcher or a Buttry or even a Hansel? Because Going into uh, last year, having him picking up towards the end of the year, I don't know if anyone would have foreseen what he's done in the back end of that bullpen. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it's it's working out perfectly the way that Billy wants. And uh, I mean, in hindsight, I I would love to say, you know, this wasn't how I this is this is exactly how I thought Tom Lestello was going to play. Um, but you know, if he doesn't get the reps like he's getting, you know, it. Um, Right now, if the Angels go out and get another second baseman, then I don't think that he's even close to where he was. I think he's where he was with the Cubs. But if you look at what Lestella did in minimal time with the Cubs, his stats right now are minus all the home runs that he's hitting. I don't know where these are coming from. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, you the know, ball, it, I don't it, know. his stats definitely justify it for sure. So. Yeah, he's definitely been again unfortunate um, injury to his to his leg last night, but definitely a, a a bright spot in this year's like you said roller coaster ride of the Angel season. Um, you know, like I mentioned a little bit before, uh, the All Star games you know a handful of days away. All Star voting, you know, and and I take it you're you're a baseball fan. How do you how do you like the system that MLB has in place for the All Star voting? even after maybe making the, those little tweaks they did this season? You know, I mean, it, it's something that we can't change. We can talk about it all we want. It's, 
it's it's good for the fans, you know, and you know it it's tough when you look at the Angels and you know that they're not going to get the votes that the Yankees are going to get, the Red Sox are going to get. So it was awesome to see Tommy Lestella there, and it was good to see all the fans, you know, realize Lestella's potential there. So, um, but but yeah, you know, it, it's it's a, it's an interesting way to go. Um, I still like, you know, the old school ballots. You know, I still have ballots in my yes, room from exactly. You know, I, I I still love the ballots. But uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's this is it's fun. You know, there's uh, it's it's a, it brings the fans together. Um, I I'd next like to see them vote for, you know, home run derby. I know that that's not something that, um, you know, like Mike Trout probably won't ever do it. He'll probably get voted in every time to try to do it, but. He probably wouldn't do it, um, at least right now, from you know everything that he said. Um, so, but yeah, I'd like to see them vote in um, home run derby next. I think that would be pretty fun too. And, and funny you bring that up because that was actually my next question. Um, until probably about until today, there was always that question about Shohei doing the home run derby. And last week on the podcast, we talked about you know whether he should or shouldn't or our opinion on it. Uh, where do you stand on it? Would you have? Hey, would you have liked to see him? And do you think it would have been a good idea to see him in the home run derby? You know, if it's going to, you know, bother the his arm, I don't think he should do it. Um, I think now we for, we know he didn't get invited. I think I saw something about that. Um, whether that's true or not, I, we probably will never know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, if, it, if, if, if he's healthy and, you know, he can drop bombs like we've seen him do in batting practice off of, you know, the jumbo Tron out there, um, 505, whatever feet away. Um, I think that it would be great to showcase one of one of the best power hitters in all of baseball and at the highest stage and just let him go yard, you know, like as far as he can. Cause I honestly, I said it, I think he could probably hit a 550 foot home run during the home run derby with the oh, juice yeah. ball. Yeah. And you know, if he got, a, I, I honestly think he could, and that would be unbelievable. Like it would be the storyline of the next, Every home run derby of all time. It'd be like, one of those things. Shohei Otani yeah. hit a five. It, it, it would be crazy, but uh, but yeah, you know, I think that he'll when he gets the opportunity to do it, he will do it, and it'll be a great treat for you know all of baseball. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I was kind of your situation. Like I would love to see him do it. I just don't know necessarily if it would be a great idea for him to do it. Um, so moving forward now. The first half, for the most part, has, has come to a complete. I'm not going to ask you if the Angels are going to get here, but what kind of record do you think they need to have at the end of the year to make that second wild card spot? It depends on how the Twins are doing. That's, I think, the big factor. I think, you know, um, and, and of course the Rays. I mean, I, everybody going into the All Star break is, you know, kind of slides, you know, getting tired and all that you know, fun stuff and you get the break, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I think they need to win 87, I think 87 games gets it in. I, I don't know if they get there. I, I'd hate to say that, but, um, you, you never know you win, you know, five of six games, you, you know, out of 12 games, it's gonna, you know, that that'll put you in a good spot, you know, 10 of 12 games. Um, so I, you just, you just never know what these guys, these guys could, go out and sweep into the all-star break and be one game out of, uh, out of the second wild card spot, you know, going into the all-star break and, uh, Billy Eppler could make a trade and, you know, the pitching could turn around, which I, I think it will. I think, you know, Skaggs's hand will be over the pitching staff and I think they're going to build off one another. And I think that it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun in this second half. I, 
I really hope the fans all come together and, you know, realize what a special team. I mean, this is one of the most potent offenses in all of baseball, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of fun in the second half, I think. So, but I do think they need to win 87 games, if not more, to get into that wild card spot. I don't think, I don't think there's any chance they compete with uh, Houston, but that second wild card spot's within reach, and I think that they have a chance to do it. And, and like you said, the the, the situation, uh, you know, going around the Angels right now with with Skaggs or anything like that. So before I I let you go, I want you to have the opportunity. Um, did you have a, a story about, you know, maybe about a um, you talking to Skaggs at all, or, or maybe a favorite pitching performance by him, or something like that that you that you will always remember? You know, I. I talked to him a couple times, you know, nothing, nothing crazy or anything like that. Uh, pitching performance-wise, of course, when he when he came back from Tommy John, that was uh, incredible. I think that you know that's one of everybody's favorite memories. But um, you know, he's he was such. A, I think the you know social media aspect of what he did for the public, um, going to you know the hospital every single time with his his wife and you know with Andrew Haney and you know that whole thing I think I'm pretty sure you know he was there at every single one with Heaney if if not you know almost every single one so I I, I really I don't have just one memory I, I you know um, other than I've gotten multiple autographs from him when I was you know n- not you know when I was a crazy fanboy of, of the Angels and um I mean, yeah, you know, he's he's just he's just a great guy, and it's it's fun to see all these memories um, now starting to come out. Um, my favorite video right now is Mike Trout. I don't know if it, I'm hoping everybody's seen it now because I posted it on my Twitter. But Mike Trout and Skaggsy were at um, the Eagles, Eagles game. game. And I don't know. If, yes, that, that's one of my favorite ones. You know, Trout's just just giving them giving them hell about the Eagles and you know all that all that fun stuff. And Skaggs is standing there taking it with just straight face, just. A little poor little kid Skaggs just being upset. I don't know if they're yep. playing the Vikings or not. But oh, they were. It was in the playoffs. I remember. I remember talking to him about it. Yeah, that and yeah. Uh, uh, Trout went to a Lakers still uh, Sixers game and Sixers blew out the Lakers and he made sure he uh, sent a picture of the scoreboard straight to Skaggs' phone and just like here you go, take it. But yes, yeah, their yes. relationship was their relationship was awesome. Yeah, thank you, thank you much for sharing. Um, Go ahead and give people your 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 Twitter feed, your you know where they can reach you, where they can get a hold of your stuff, and all that. Absolutely, I mean you can find my writings. Not I don't do a whole lot of writings, but I do write with Diamond Digest, um, and you can always find me on Twitter talking with everybody. Um, my Twitter handle is Jared underscore Tim's. All right, man, awesome. Thank you very much for uh, taking time out to to talk with uh, the All Angels podcast. And that was my interview with Jared Tams, a great guy to talk to, a great guy to follow on Twitter, so make sure you follow him on Twitter. So now moving forward, it's our weekly, um, our weekly, I don't know, tradition, I guess, I don't know, our, our Twitter poll question. Again, follow us at Halo underscore Haven on Twitter. It's also the same for our Instagram. Um, but every week I'll try to put up a poll question on Twitter, try to make it relatable to, to Angel. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But um, with this being the 4th of July, my question on Twitter was, what holiday goes best, best with baseball? Your options were 4th of July, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Memorial Day. So overwhelmingly, the winner of this was 4th of July with 69%. Nice. And second place was Memorial Day. So out of those four, 
um, options. Which one do you think of baseball more when you uh, see this? Uh, it's, I mean, it has to be Fourth of July. I mean, it's no, it's midsummer. You're sweating, cooking backyard. I mean, what? I mean, it's a national holiday. You know, beers be drinking, barbecue cooking, and it, you know, baseball goes right with it. You know, because you spend all day cooking and doing whatnot, getting ready to party, fireworks, and of course, you know, watch a great game of baseball. It's always, you know, that, that's that's the holiday. That's the holiday to be at. Now, how do you feel about the the Angels and well, not just the Angels, but Major League Baseball in general? Um, it seems like every holiday they have a new hat jersey kind of combo. How do you feel about the? Uh, how do you feel about like the each of them having a different one, or would you rather have them just the normal um, jersey I, I, hat? I, I like them. I like. I, I mean, it, it's hard for me to keep up with them every year because you know you have to buy one every year. But you know what? I I like the different the the, uh, the diversity of the different color schemes, different hats, and um, jerseys yeah you know for every holiday for mother's day father's day you know memorial day you know those are always you know great to see and i think that uh they should continue i mean every year something new something different yeah it's cool especially for someone like me that likes to collect the hats i have the all-star hats i have the spring training hats so it's also cool to see uh, some random ones not random ones but different uh, uh holiday ones that come up pop up and you'll be able to collect them so, again, that's our weekly poll question on Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. It's also our Instagram handle, Halo underscore Haven. So make sure you check that out every Monday morning, afternoon-ish, kind of remember when I remember to put it on. But we are also on Instagram, so at times we will go Instagram live to answer questions. So we will, we are doing that now, but we will also answer our poll, our uh, regular email questions at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, first one comes from Nick Kearns. First time was last week. Now he's back. This is a question. Uh, this is from Nick from Long Beach. Question is: After ending the home series, would we trade uh, or AKA be sellers? July thirty first. Goodwin, Lestella, Calhoun, Lucroy, Cahill, Noe, Harvey to get prospects for future. Some of these names will bring some solid prospects. Other might get used razor blades. Um, we are fighting for five hundred. Why do you? Why do you? Why do this then? When? can trade to get young and get Adele and Marsh time in the majors for next year when we ready to compete. So trade deadline talk. How do you, what do you feel the angels should do at the trade deadline, uh, July 31st? Um, I think we should shop. I mean, nothing to you. you I think you put them out there, but you kind of have to see what what's out there. I mean, I don't think you just throw them out there and try to get whatever you can. I mean, you have to see what's available. I mean, it, it has to be a good deal. I mean, you can't. Right. Someone like Calhoun, you know, you can't just throw out there just for a few prospects, you know. I mean, you just have to, I mean, you just have to negotiate or try to see what's what's available. And if nothing's good, then you don't. Right. I think that's a big one, too. Uh, now we're on Instagram. When the Instagram uh, questions is, uh, do you think they'll place in any limit on canning this season? Um, I think they will. Um, I think they should. He's still a young guy. Um, if they're if they're competing, it's going to be a little bit harder for them to do that, especially the way he's been pitching. But I think in the long long run, they they might. I mean, he already kind of had an arm issue coming into college. That's why they shut him down right after he got drafted. And honestly, that's why he kind of slipped to the second round was because there were some issues with um, teams not being too sure about his arm and, and, you know, injuries and being overused in college. So I think there will be a some kind of innings limit. Not sure if it's going to be a big one. Not sure if it's going to be, you know, 
maybe he just skips a couple starts or if they just shut him down completely. He already got pushed back a day today as it is. So, again, that's something that is it's something to be watching, definitely. Um, our second email question, again, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Man, I am uh, Malik Abul. Man, I, I am beyond words. What a sad day today. I, uh, I know you all had... Tyler on earlier this year and I can't imagine how you all feel my thoughts and prayers are with his family and organization all the angels fans everywhere yes exactly we've touched on that um you know uh angel fans and and definitely his family Carly um follower of Halo Haven which we really appreciate and our thoughts and prayers go out to the family um now going back trying to go back and forth between Instagram and um our emails um again we kind of talked about this any trade rumors i don't i I don't see any trade rumors i don't know any trade rumors that are going on it's still going to be one of those things that's probably not going to happen until um after the season or after the all-star break then i think you'll really start um they'll start heating up do you like cementing fourth even though he grounds into double plays every at bat um you know in in a perfect world i think you would have what otani third Upton fourth, um, you know, if Bohr can get his power back fifth, and then you can put Simmons in the sixth. But as of it, how it is right now, with you don't have um, Upton, you don't, you know, Bohr still kind of figuring. He's getting better. Bohr's figuring it out, but he's not quite. I would say quite there yet. But um, yeah, I think the team as a whole grounds a lot of double plays because they lead the league in balls in play, and that's just kind of a, a thing that happens when you do that. When you lead the team, when you lead the league in balls in play, there's a good chance you also lead the league in double plays turn because the ball's always in play. Um, so next one, uh, loyal uh, emailer again, Duncan Haley. Um, don't have much to say, boys, other than R.I.P. Tyler. And I think that's the sentiment for a lot of people today, and a lot of people, you know, kind of moving forward. Um, we missed a human rally monk at Angel Stadium. I'm just kind of reading the comments on our live feed right now. Uh, wish we could trade Calhoun. I think Calhoun's a very, very uh, vital piece as far as offensively because when he can contribute and be, like we said before, if he can be your fifth guy, sixth guy in the lineup and produce um, how he has, maybe not a great on base or not a great average, but his power numbers are still there. How do you feel about Calhoun in the Angels lineup? And, and where, you, where do you think he fits best, I should say? For me, um, I'll say anything. I mean, what, one or two spot. I, I don't. I mean, he's he he's. I'd say he's a solid hitter. I mean, sure, he gets his downs at times. You know, strikeouts. You know, but I, I mean, he's still. When he's on, he's on. Uh, I mean, that's it's it's not. I mean, it's not that hard to see. You know, once he's on, he hit him. He can hit him out. So. I think in the top of the lineup is still pretty good for him. Yeah, he's definitely a guy. Again, if he can produce home runs, he's already way ahead of what he did last year. Another question we have on um, all on our Instagram feed, Halo underscore Haven. Will they, will we come back and make the wild card? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, you're halfway through the season right now. We're at 500, so you you know you no one no one's made playoffs yet. That's all I got to say. You know, it's halfway through. No one's made the playoffs yet. No one, right. nothing's set. Nothing's set. So there's always the second half of the season. It's a crucial part of the season, you know. And, you know, we're not all the way down, so we can still make it. Yeah. Um, by far, I mean, again, I, the wild card, I think, is a lot, obviously, a lot more realistic than would be the um, 
division Astros are still really running away with the division, even though they kind of slid back just a tad. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll see, you know, if they can get on a nice roll, especially after the All-Star break. But as we sit right now, again, July 4th, before the Angels take the field against the last, um, the last game in Texas, the Angels are just four games back of the wild card. Um, Boston, Texas, and Oakland ahead of them, and Cleveland right now has that second wild card spot. So again, um, you, Angels get on a good roll, you know, after the All-Star break, and they can make it really interesting. We'll see how everything goes, but um, definitely not out of the realm of possibility. They still need some stuff to kind of um, break right for them. Uh, you uh, you listened to the interview I had with uh, Jared Timms, and he, he believes that they should have, you know, high 80s to 90 wins per at the end of the year to um, get that. And, and, and I talked to Rhett uh, Bollinger a couple of weeks ago, and he kind of was the same way. They need to get in that 90 win total to be competitive. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but again, so uh, we're on Instagram Live, Halo underscore Haven. Emails at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. It was, you know, a, a hard week. Um, but, you know, it's glad to see that people are kind of getting back – to normal or as normal as possible. Um, Angels need to stop figuring out how to stop being so streaky. They went four and then they'll go on to five. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing I think we've said since the beginning of the year is that angels need to be more, a little more consistent. Um, it's cool to win four. And then if you drop maybe two after that, then that's kind of cool. But yeah, like, like the, the person said on our Instagram live, you can't go four, lose five. You have to go four. Okay. Maybe you drop two, but then you maybe go another three or four game win streak to kind of even everything out. Um, but again, so, um, angels take the field today in another hour. So we'll see how this goes. If they sweep the, the, um, Texas Rangers, that goes to, goes a long way as far as their playoff, um, chances. So we will see if there's any more questions on here before we sign off. Um, Tommy Lestella is attending, Tommy Lestella is attending the all-star game, which is cool. He should, um, Tommy should attend the all-star game because of, what he's done this year, he deserves it. He deserves to be kind of in that mix with all the great players and the home run derby and, and just and then take it all in. I think he definitely deserves that and he should be there. Um, and again, we're recording this on 4th of July. So um, I don't know if he's had made his decision whether or not. Um, but I guess, you know, we'll find out in the next couple hours if he has. So uh, a lot going on with him, a lot going on with the whole angel team in general. But um, again, so, we are pretty much done now, but uh, we want to thank everyone for sending in emails again, all angels podcast at gmail.com. Um, Halo underscore Haven on both our Instagram and our Twitter is the best way to uh, find us. But again, um, I want to thank my, my special co-host, my brother, Mark for jumping in. Thank you, thank you for having me. It was great. Do it again. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, email us or, or DM us our, uh, what do you think? Should we DFA him? Should we, you know, extend him a contract? Let us know what you think. Um, you know, maybe he needs to go down to AAA and just work on some things. I don't know, but we'll figure it out. But definitely thank you for uh, listening. We'll be back again. I think we're going to do Thursday, Friday. Johnny should be back. All-Star break. We'll probably wrap up, uh, talk about the All-Star game and what we can expect for the second half of the season. So, as always, I'm Dallin Garcia, and thank you for listening to the All Angels Podcast.
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.